Are you living in fear? Is fear keeping you from reaching your true potential or finding that inner peace? I'm asking because fear is one of the greatest obstacles in everyone's life. It's the one thing that holds most people back. Whether they're competing for a spot on the Olympic team, the CEO of a billion dollar company, or a person undergoing chemotherapy. Fear affects everyone, myself included. When I was younger, I naively believed that I couldn't get scared. I would go to great lengths to prove my fearlessness by free soloing difficult rock climbs without a rope, or by launching off a cliff with my snowboard. I wanted to believe I was like a Shaolin monk that didn't allow fear to interfere, that I was fearless. But that all changed when I discovered I had cancer. That's when I learned the true meaning of fear. It was January 3rd, 2000, the year of the millennium, when I first suspected that something was wrong. I was snowboarding in Chamonix, France, and the powder was deep. To escape the crowds, we drove to La Grave, a mountain hailed as the most extreme ski resort in the world. Although we trained for such terrain, nothing could prepare us for what we were about to encounter. The tram took 20 minutes to reach the top, and none of us could see a way down. All we could see were towering walls of blue ice and glaciers that looked as formidable as the north face of the Eicher. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to enjoy the view. I was hunched in a corner, leaning against the glass, trying to conceal my intense stomach cramps. I wanted to believe it was just a change in my diet, but I intuitively knew that something was wrong. I just didn't want to admit it. When the tram reached the summit, we stepped out and walked along the roped-off area with our skis and snowboards, looking for a way down. I could hear our boots crunching on the frozen, wind-blown snow. <laughs> if we hadn't seen a couple of skiers duck beneath the rope and drop into a chute with an ice axe in either hand, we might not have known that was the best way down. What do you guys think, I asked as I plopped my snowboard into the ground. Do you think we can do it, one of my friends asked. <laughs> There's one way of finding out, I replied. I strapped on my snowboard and dropped in. It was one of the most amazing runs of my entire life. Nothing but face shots for nearly a quarter of a mile. But all I could think about was my intense stomach cramps. I'm not sure why I didn't address my health issues sooner when I returned to Lake Tahoe. I guess I kept hoping the symptoms would somehow go away, but they never did. If anything, the symptoms grew worse until I was finally forced to call my physician. It was March 17th, St. Patrick's Day. I don't know what to tell you, Dan, my doctor admitted. You look like a picture definition perfect health, but if you want a second opinion, I can get you scoped this afternoon. In hindsight, I should have gotten that second opinion from a specialist in the city, but I didn't want to make the drive. 
San Francisco was four hours away. What should have been a routine scope and biopsy became a full-blown surgery. When I woke three hours later, heavily sedated, the surgeon greeted me. Mr. Goodwin, Mr. Goodwin, can you hear me? Can you hear me? I nodded. I'm afraid I have some bad news. It appears you have cancer. I just removed this tumor from your colon. He held something out, but I couldn't distinguish its features. So what does that mean? I asked. My voice was weak, raspy. It means, the surgeon explained, if the results come back positive, which I'm almost certain they will, you'll have to undergo chemo and radiation. That was the last thing I remember before blacking out. Several weeks later, Anne-Marie Weber, my girlfriend at the time, drove me to UCSF in San Francisco. We had some good news and some bad news, my oncologist began. The good news is, you're here. UCSF has one of the best cancer departments in the country. And the bad news, I asked? You're stage four. We're recommending that you get things in order because we want to begin your treatments right away. And that's when it hit me. This wasn't a drill. This was a real deal. And that was scaring the living daylights out of me. I had no proven defense against that. At least not yet. As the weeks progressed, my condition continued to deteriorate. Between the daily radiation and the round-the-clock chemo infusions, it was debatable which was going to kill me first. Would it be the radiation and chemo, or would it be the cancer? I can't tell you how many hours or days I spent on the floor, curled in a fetal position with a bottle of liquid morphine. I was in so much pain, I would have given anything, and I do mean anything, to make the pain go away. Each time a wave came, I would focus on my breathing while visualizing a beam of healing light enveloping me. I'm gonna beat this. I'm gonna beat this. I kept repeating this phrase to counter the negative thoughts that wanted me to believe the end was near. You aren't gonna make it, Dan. You're gonna die just like your grandfather did. That's not true, I would counter. I'm gonna beat this cancer. You just wait and see. Each time I repeated this phrase, I would imagine myself being healthy and strong and a shining beacon of hope for everyone that was battling cancer like me. This gave me a deep sense of purpose, a topic for another podcast, and a reason for needing to succeed because this was now much bigger than me. When I left home at 17 and became homeless during my final year of high school, I developed this rephrasing technique to counter my father's abusive words. You're just a pansy-ass loser. You'll never amount to anything. That's not true, I would counter. I'm a really good person that's going to achieve great things. You just wait and see. This technique proved so effective, it enabled me to scale many of the world's tallest buildings, including the World Trade Center. As soon as I became aware of the thoughts, I would declare, that's not true. This negates the negative chatter as effectively as pressing the mute button on your remote control. The second part of the equation is the rephrasing, which is the equivalent of switching the station. It's important to remember 
Always choose words that will support your desired outcome. I'm going to beat this cancer. You just wait and see. I know it may sound a little sing-songy, like you're repeating the lyrics to a nursery rhyme, but I've learned this makes it easier to repeat and to use as a mantra when combating negative thoughts that keep playing in your mind. I'm absolutely convinced if I hadn't incorporated this rephrasing technique into my mindfulness routine, I wouldn't be here today. And I'm encouraging you to do the same. Don't let your fears keep you from reaching your true potential or finding that inner peace. If anything, use your fears and all the hormones that are triggered by your body's fight or flight response to motivate you to take your game to an even higher level. I've long believed the gap between your fears and your desired outcomes is where all opportunities, solutions, and innovations are born. So keep your eye out for that. I could go on and on because there's so much more to this story. But I'm going to leave you here because I believe this is a good place to end it. Too much information can drown out the message and the lesson. Until we meet again, my friends, stay positive because a positive mind creates a positive vibe and a positive life. We all want that, right? This is Dan Goodwin, signing out. For more information, please check out my website at dangoodwin.com.